the thing that I have found, and this is kind of a small sample, 10 or 12 companies, I've never met one that was like, we have our data shit together. Not one. By the way, like sorting all that shit out was really difficult. <laughs> it's machine yearning from Assist. We spend our time here thinking, dreaming, and asking questions about the future of AI, the talking internet, and how we're reshaping our culture. You wouldn't think paper guidebooks, the repositioning of a travel brand, and the future of digital creative agencies would be machine yearning territory. But they are, when the meeting point is Daniel Houghton. Daniel is the CEO of Pixel, that's PYXL, a Nashville-based digital marketing agency. For years, Daniel has operated right up at the edge of digital content design, build, and measurement. Before joining Pixel this year, Daniel was CEO of Lonely Planet. Under his leadership, Lonely Planet made Fast Company's 2018 Most Innovative Companies list. And he was a 2017 Forbes 30 Under 30. Now, Daniel is on the agency side with Pixel and diving into a new set of challenges as a leader, digital strategist, and student of culture. When Shane from Assist sat down with Daniel, the news of his job move had just broken, and this was his first interview as Pixel CEO. This is machine yearning, though, so this isn't the typical arms-crossed-looking manly on the magazine cover CEO interview. Hang out and enjoy. Here's Shane and Daniel. Being at someone who's at the forefront of digital transformation, technology in general, what are you thinking about now? What are you excited about? What do you see that you think others might not see yet that excites you? I mean, for one, the internet has been a pretty complicated place for a long time and probably is going to be for the rest of our lives. But what I think, one of the things I think is going to happen, I think things are going to start to get a lot easier for consumers. Easier to pay your bills, easier to just check on stuff. And you can look at that as I'm just talking about AI or, or different bots and things that we're talking to, or you can think of it like, I like to think of it, which is just the, the first time I ever paid my cable bill on my laptop and just scanned my fingerprint, I was like, holy shit. I've done it on my phone before too. And I'm like, that's, that's great. That's convenient. Scan my face, pay my cable bill. But when I did it on the computer for some reason, you're just expecting this long process where you have to enter in all this crap. You already know where I live, but here's where I live again. Here's my billing information. You miss one number in the credit card. You got to start over, redirect that. And it's, and then just like, oh yeah, we got this for you. Apple pay, ding, boom. Wow. I don't have to teach my mom and dad how to do that. They're just going to do it. Oh yeah, I know Apple. Boom, done, ding. Like, I just feel like that is good for consumers. It's good for the business. It's just all around good. And, and those types of innovations, which don't really come off as that remarkable, like, oh, you got a new laptop because you scan your finger into it. It's a lot more than that. Like when you think about what that's going to look like a couple years down the road. What is it going to look like a couple years down the road? What do you think? I think that people are going to, in, in a similar way that people had their favorite brands in like retail stores. Like I always loved Best Buy because it was like a toy store for me. And I always loved Target because I thought even though like getting drugged through there as a kid was kind of boring, there was like an electronic section. <laughs> I've always kind of wrapped my mind around different brands that I like, and then I try to go all in on that because whether it's clothes that I know are just going to fit or a, a car that's not going to break down or whatever it is, I think it's going to be easier if you're building good products and maybe you're charging more for them because of it. I just think it's going to be even easier to have people become more and more loyal 
of those products. So like for me, the couple examples are like Patagonia clothing for anything outdoor. It's just almost indestructible out of the gate, kind of lasts forever. That's our whole ethos. And then if something does go wrong with it, like send it to them in California, they'll just sew it back together and send it back. I love that. J. Crew for like actually work clothes and it's kind of boring and basic, but it fits and I'm 6'4 and kind of hard to find pants that fit and stuff. Or it's like a car brand or whatever and there's all these new brands like I have now three pairs of all bird shoes because I know they're great. Take J. Crew, perfect example. What would J. Crew do in a new AI voice digital world that would make your life easier? Oh, there's a couple things they could do. I mean, they're going pretty good on like commerce, Apple Pay, and they were never bad at that, but I think they got a lot better. I mean, I could throw out some different things like Warby Parker. They introduced the feature where you can try on the glasses before you ship it to yourself out of necessity because they had no stores. So I could I could throw out an example like that, like how's this these clothes going to look on you? My biggest issue is that I often don't know when they're bringing out new stuff. And I feel like there could be some proactive way for them to be like, I mean, obviously they emailed me, right? But I, those are in some like spam folder. I don't really walk into the store that much anymore. But I do want to know when there's like, I don't know, I just feel like there's something they can do with content and I'm very biased towards content. And then like little things like just proactively letting me know, it sounds so stupid and so basic, but like your order is on its way. And like, yeah, you can do that in an email, but like, if my Google Home just said, hey, by the way, like in my daily morning, like I always get up and I say, hey, read me the news. Tell me what's going on. And it'll roll off on these are your calendar appointments, blah, blah, blah. And it's like literally while I'm making my coffee. If it was like, oh, and by the way, your order from J. Crew should be here this afternoon. I, I feel like that sounds so stupid, but I'd be like, oh, they're thinking of me. Yeah. And that's it would just it just makes you like, why would you ever buy from anyone else? You say it sounds stupid, but I think most people forget the basics, especially in a one-to-one world because we've been operating in a one-to-many world. And therefore, the one-to-one things that are seemingly basic are very important, but didn't seem achievable at scale. And the J. Crew example, to just go back to it one more time, you're a repeat buyer, right? They don't need to try on anymore. You're 6'4", you're not growing I know anymore. I'm wearing large and 32, 34 pants and I'm good to go. They should know when you need to buy again, even if it's not new anticipation versus automation like just every 45 days or whatever it is that i go to your website yeah but then they don't know you're on the website because you know those little you know those little buttons that always say hey we're out of stock notify me when it comes back in stock have you ever gotten a fucking email that's like hey it's back in stock i haven't (laughs) i hit that button all the time i've never gotten an email is that they just it was so successful they decided to not resell it again like i don't understand i know i'm a weird size i'm really tall and really skinny <laughs> I just like yeah the basics. I don't believe any brand aspires to not communicate with you. So Agreed. what so what is it that makes it so these brands don't do that? Is it one because they don't know you are who you are in the store? I mean even the web, the problem with the web is it's all pixels. Unless you're logged in and in a session tracker, they don't actually know. And so is there a new frontier where you always have identity and therefore you have to change how you approach everything with your customer? The thing that I have found, and this is kind of a small sample pool, but like 10 or 15 companies that I've gotten to know pretty well that you would think would have, at least as a consumer, 
you would think they have all this data on me. They know what I bought. They knew whether if it's a hotel, how long did I stay there? What did I like? Have you ever been to a hotel and then like it, whether it's the mini bar or you're at a resort, like in theory, they know everything you did while you were there. They know if you were at this pool or that pool, like they should know everything. And again, small sample size of 10 or 12 companies. I've never met one that was like, we have our data shit together. Not one. And so I think a lot of companies in theory have all of this stuff that they could put together and use to like make my customer experience better. But none of those like departments talk to one another. Those systems don't work together. You know, the commerce team hired some agency to build the e-commerce site that doesn't talk to what the sales team's using. And it's just a bunch of like internal and external, like, by the way, like sorting all that shit out is really difficult. <laughs> and so it's certainly not easy, but I think there's so many companies walking around that's like, oh, we know we have all this data and they, they don't, literally don't even know what to start or how to craft that into something that could help them sell better or more or communicate better with you. Because you're right, no one, or maybe a few companies wake up and go, oh, they're not going to hear from me today. I mean, like that's a very weird specimen of company, but some of them exist. But I, I think a lot of people have that information and they just can't even organize it to like act on it. Okay. Take your pain. You're the CEO and have been the CEO of a global company. How do you get all the systems and people to talk to each other? If that's a problem that we, that, that I think any company's having, I, this is not, I don't know if this would work or not, but I mean, it's my instinct to literally just announce that as an issue to the entire, the entire team and say, okay, we have all this data. We have this from marketing. We have this from sales. Like our operations team has this. I don't know the answer, which is why I'm talking to you all, our, our team. I'm wide open, listening, come forth. Like we have to fix this. And it is my goal for us to combine all this data by put draw a line in the sand, whatever you want to do, however you want to do that. But I am so passionate about trying to make all those pieces work together but it's only going to do that if like you're all excited. So one, I'm curious, like, does that sound good to you guys? Or does that sound stupid? Or is any reasons you think that can't happen? Or just literally let's open the floor for discussion because everyone's going to have an opinion. Well, sales doesn't listen. Well, that, that, you know, like it's just never ending. But if you don't throw it out there in the open, you can't tell it to your three like reports and go, I want this fixed. It's not going to work. Because they can't be the ones doing that all the time. So I don't know. That's just, that's my kind of basic. But I think basic things are what we need to get great things done. What are you, what are you doing here? Right, I think this is very important from an executive level. Is it, hey, make sure that every piece of our organization knows who Daniel Houghton is. So how we do that is either his name, but it's probably too generic. We have a unique identifier now that is an ID for Daniel. And, you know, something that uh, I think Amazon did this a long time ago where Bezos said in six months, every department in this company has an API that can communicate the ID between each department and read and write it so that. So we get that you all need your own unique things, but they're going to have to work together. Exactly. And I think it was a forcing function a year, a decade ago, probably. Uh, is that what you're recommending? Like, is that what you do? You call out the problem as a leader and then you have to build some kind of system that allows all the different systems like there's not going to be one system of record it's that all the systems now are different departments use different software for their things 
but the ID has to communicate across departments. Is that what you're recommending? Yeah, I think that's fair, especially if you're at a company that has the resources to invest in something like that. I mean, there's a million solutions pretending to claim all these things and solve yeah. these problems, and maybe some of them do. I am probably guilty of having always let various departments uh, at anything I've ever been responsible for use really what they think is the best software for what they're trying to do because I come from a creative background and I know that like, this is really stupid, but if I got hired for a job and you said you have to work, you can't use a Mac, I can't do it. <laughs> I literally, I mean, I could, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'll buy my own and I'll bring it, but I'm not doing it. Like, and I, I actually use PCs and I love them and like so much shit has changed. No, and then don't, don't I have before and I can and like, it's actually pretty similar. But basically the answer is I am empathetic towards different departments wanting to use the software or different things that they think is really best for their job. But then how you make all that shit work together is a very different problem. And so, yeah, if you have the resources to invest in something like that or even to invest in some other system that in theory can can help, maybe not even all of it, but if you can get to 80% of it or fuck it, if you can get to the 20% of the most important of it, just do that. Yeah. And then we'll figure the rest out. Companies are going to spend the next several decades trying to make that happen, uh, especially when you're operating at scale, just how hard that is to achieve. But you see companies doing it, it's working. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll take a second and share this episode with other members of your team. Actually, make it easy on yourself. Just subscribe so you never miss an episode or a chapter. That way, you can be the first to stay on top of this field and help shape the conversation at your company. Get in touch on Twitter, Machine Y Podcast. DMs are open. We're super interested to hear who you think should appear on the podcast. Machine Yearning is made by Paul Chufo and Michael Alcesser for Limina House. Have a great day.